The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Hey, Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Yes, I'm not doing the uh, long, drawn-out hello right now. I just had a juice... Just talked to Petros Papadakis for about an hour. My voice is shot, so I apologize for that. Uh, but this is the, your Peristyle Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Ryan Abraham. We have Harvey Hyde on this week, the Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at, at Coach Harvey Hyde. Go to his website, HarveyHyde.com. And we should have an interesting show for you today. There's some news around the USC football world, some positivity heading towards this college football season. If it's going to happen this fall, and USC made an announcement on Tuesday that makes it look like there very well there very well will be college football in Los Angeles in the Coliseum. So we're happy about that. We're going to talk all about that with the coach Harvey Hyde, some of the uptick in recruiting, uh, JT Jangels transferring out of the program to Georgia. We'll talk about all that. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us podcast at uscfootball.com. Or if you'd rather call or text us, the number is 424 424- Two five four nine one four one. Let's bring in the coach, Harvey Hyde. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great, buddy. As long as everybody else is safe, I'm practicing all the things I'm supposed to practice. And uh, we said there'll probably be a football season because there's got to be a football season. What are we going to do without football? And it looks like I'm not going to promise people, but it looks like it's going to happen. It does look like it's going to happen. So what we what we heard uh, yesterday from uh, Carol Fult, who's the you know president of USC, that they were going to allow in person classes for the upcoming fall twenty twenty semester. So she sent out a letter to uh, students and alumni on Tuesday. So uh, the ch- so she announced changes to the university's original schedule in order to, to limit the spread of COVID-19. So um, I'll read from this real quick. While we still have many details to work out, we are planning on in-person fall semester for students beginning August 17th, 2020, a week earlier than scheduled. And then all classes, including final exams, will end by Thanksgiving. So they're making some adjustments there. They haven't gave a lot of specifics about testing, all that stuff, but it's a pretty uh, extensive statement. You can read it all on uscfootball.com, but having students back coach was one of the big hurdles of, could you really have college football? Could you have student athletes on campus working out if the regular student body isn't going to be there? Well, 
now we know the regular student body is going to be there for USC. So what are your overall thoughts on uh, this announcement? Well, I think it's good. I think they've done their homework. Obviously, I think the student body uh, has an option of uh, taking their classes online or coming and having the college experience. And I think that most kids like to have the college experience. So I would say there'd be some students that do it online. But I think the class sizes might be a little bit smaller and they'll practice all the things they need to practice and they'll, you know, have to wear the mask or whatever and get testing and, and so on. And I think it's a positive move. Uh, I've always said you got to be positive at, at everything. And, and I think it's great. And I think it's great that the players are going to be back on campus and working out because in some situations I feel they're, uh, got better, uh, uh, you know, medical, uh, testing and, uh, and supervision and the academic situation and nutrition. And I think the kids will be ready. They'll be excited to come back. And I think the student body will be excited because the number one thing that really bothers you the most is, is it going to happen or isn't it going to happen? You go back and forth, back and forth. The, uh, should I unpack my stuff? Should I pack my stuff? Are we going to have a football season? And it looks like we'll have a football season as well as a uh, on-campus uh, student body. So I think it's really positive. I think it's positive, and I'm going to stay positive the whole way on this. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. I've been that way this this whole time, staying trying to stay positive. But and I, you felt like it was going to happen. But this is a pretty, I think it's a significant announcement. Um, for, you know, especially for the Pac-12. Everyone was worried, coach, that the Pac-12 was not going. To, was going to be falling behind the other conferences, California particularly, because there was going to be some you know more restrictions there. You know, Oregon, we saw there was, you know, the, the governor made some restrictions early on that was going to go all the way through September and just didn't seem to make a lot of sense. But everything now we've seen, it's just every little step goes towards having football in the fall. Now, something bad could happen and things could get backed off. But at least for now, uh, you're seeing things go in the right direction. I agree 100 percent. And uh, I think the number one thing you have to worry about if there's a second surge here of uh, the virus. And I think that uh, that's something they're going to have to watch. And they're also going to have to watch what happens during the season. Uh, talking about football, what happens during the season if somebody is uh, tested and has it? How will they quarantine him or whatever the situation is? But, you know, yeah, I'm sure they got a plan for that, too. And uh, we'll wait and see what happens. They'll eventually tell us what that plan is. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, we we talked about this. You know, the you know all the the civil unrest, the protests, everything that's been going on on the Dan Weber podcast yesterday. You can kind of share my thoughts on that. We're probably not going to jump into that much more now. Things have uh, somewhat calmed down, at least here in Los Angeles. But seeing all these people out, especially the last couple of days, coach has been this very peaceful protest. But there are large groups of people. Lots of people wearing masks, but still lots of people close to each other. We had one in Manhattan Beach and Hermosa Beach near where I live yesterday, and there was a lot of people out there. Um, I think it was eight blocks long. People walked from Manhattan Beach to Hermosa Beach, and but they're all like you know pretty close together. I'm curious if that if we learn anything from that, where people have been locked up in their homes for a while, and now you're seeing a lot of people sharing space outside. Um, and are we going to see a, a whole bunch, you know, bumping cases? And does that impact uh, bringing sports back? I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Well, I do. I worried about that uh, when I see that because uh, you're going to see now, 
in about two weeks, you're going to see exactly what happens with this. Uh, so we'll see what happens. And I'm obviously uh, uh, worried about that. Uh, I don't want anybody to get sick or to have that. But, you know, when you're supposed to have six feet between you and wear a mask and so on, you're supposed to do that. They're not asking us to do that. I do that. And I would hope everybody else would do that. But everybody doesn't, you know, do what they're supposed to do all the time. So we just hope it isn't something that spreads and uh, it causes uh, us to have another uh, academic type of uh, uh, tragedy. So I just hope everything works out. But we'll know in about a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, exactly how that will react to what happened. Yeah, well, I will. Yeah, I think we'll know a lot more. It's funny. Every time we say that, Coach, is like, I will know more in a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's like, it's always like we always know more. And there, you kind of get more information, like something like this, like Carol Fult, uh sending out that letter. So uh, good stuff there. All right. We want to talk also about since the last time we talked, uh, I don't believe we discussed the transfer of JT Daniels. I think that happened. We didn't get to talk about that in the last show, right? So maybe kind of no. get, get your thoughts on that. USC's down to two scholarship quarterbacks, Keaton Slovis and Matt Fink. Well, uh, I'm disappointed as far as for USC, as far as, and I'm disappointed for JT as far as leaving a great program and the opportunity to have a date, great degree from Southern California, but he's a Southern California young man. Uh, I would rather have had him stay and, and challenge, uh, uh, Kenneth, Kenny Keaton for it and, and see who is going to be the starting guy and be around in case something happened. But uh, for some reason, he wanted to leave, and when he left, he went a long ways. I mean, he's going to a whole new environment. It's going to be absolutely new for him. He was down there in Georgia. Those players he'll be playing with really don't know who he is. They don't know about uh, his success. Or they don't even know really about modern-day high school unless he's been in camps with him and so on. And he's going to have to prove himself going to be a lot of competition down there i think it'll help him a little bit because they run the football a lot they have great backs but he's going to play against a whole different type of speed in the southeastern conference you know every week you got florida auburn you got alabama you got lsu uh, mississippi state you've got a whole different uh, breed of uh, defensive football players so again you're going to have to adjust to that and you're going to have to move around a little bit and if you notice joe burrow was athletic enough to run and get around uh, to get away from a lot of the rushes and duck and so on. So I hope he's uh, selected a school where he can fit in. Now, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how many of you people live in Georgia. I think Georgia is a, a beautiful state. I was down in Georgia when I was stationed there when I was in the service, but it's going to be a real uh, environment change for him as far as the weather and all the different things he's probably used to doing. So, uh, you know, I want to wish him the best of luck. Right now, he has to sit out a year. So we'll see how that goes. And I hope he's not one of the three transfers, leaves there and goes somewhere else. But, uh, you know, I'm sorry he left USC. I really am. I wish he'd have stayed and challenged and played and be competitive. And I think a lot of people would have really, not that they don't respect him, but respect him a little bit more here locally in Southern California as far as uh, staying and being loyal to the program, but he decided to leave. So I want to wish him the best of luck, but I'll tell you what, it's going to be a different experience for him. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a different experience. So we wish uh, JT Daniels the best of luck. And uh, yeah, I'm curious to see. I'm going to follow the follow along with that um, and see you know how that ends up there. 
Uh, recruiting also has been USC's up to the number four class in the country. So recruiting has been on the uptick. Um, Miller Moss, who uh, I got to film over the weekend privately, got exclusive footage up of that uh, on uscfootball.com if you want to check that out. He was actually throwing with uh, Bryce Young, former USC commit who's going to Alabama, and also uh, uh, Tyler Buckner who's going to Notre Dame. So the three of them are working out with their quarterback coach, and I was down there in Orange County filming that. But you can check that out. But Miller Moss, four-star quarterback um, from uh, Mission Hills, uh, Bishop Alemany High School committed to USC. So the Trojans have two top quarterbacks in Southern California committed now with uh, Jake Garcia and also uh, Michael Jackson. Uh, no, no relation, but there's always jokes made. Um, you know, USC gets a thriller of a commit in Michael Jackson. Uh, but so he's a, a three-star wide receiver, probably a little underrated. And I think, you know, if he played in California, he might be a four-star. We'll see if he moves up some. Uh, from He's from Las Vegas. And he also committed uh, earlier today today being Wednesday, he committed earlier this morning. So pretty big week uh, for USC coach on the recruiting front, uh, picking up a couple of top commits in the West. No, I agree with you 100%. Uh, these are pretty good players. And uh, um, uh, Miller Moss really fits uh, the current offense they're, they're, they're running. They, he really fits it. Uh, he's that type of player. Uh, Jake Garcia is a great thrower too, but he's a little bit more athletic. I'd say he's a little bit like Jack Sears, as far as being able to move around a little bit, maybe a better thrower, but he's a great player too. They're very fortunate, and I think because JT Daniels left, I sort of opened the door for them as far as saying, hey, we'll go in there, and they're both going to fight for that second spot. And a year from now, they're going to find out if, Kendon, if Keaton leaves, that who's going to be the guy. So I think that that's, that's great. Now, you know, signing date is a long ways from right now so i think there's a lot to go through there and see exactly what's going to happen with both of these quarterbacks and then again michael jackson from las vegas uh is a screamer type of guy uh, he's great underneath route guy he's a probably be a great guy to carry the football too if they ever did any misdirections and so on that type of stuff or reverses so i think he's a great player too so they really have picked up Three great players as far as, uh, you know, what they've done. And I agree with you. It's probably better than a three-star player. But uh, And Vegas plays great football now. Let's understand this. Vegas has great high school football now. So this kid has uh, played in some uh, great uh, in, against great teams like Bishop Gorman and Liberty and so on. So this kid's a player. So I think it's great to get this type of player. And, and now we'll see what happens. And, you know, again, keeping these kids till December – you know, I think a lot of that, Ryan, I'm going to be completely honest with you. They got to win two of the three. They got to beat Alabama. They got to beat Notre Dame. They got to beat UCLA, of course, and Oregon. So they've got to beat those schools to keep all this great class because there's a long ways from what's going on. They can drop one, but they can't drop two. They've got to be, remember when you drop two, you all of a sudden you're out of the playoffs and also other schools come in and say, well, now what are you going to do? Especially if they're having a great season. So you can commit them now, but you got to keep them. And I think the football season is going to be really something. If they have a great year, USC, I think they'll even have a better class. Yeah, that's an interesting point, Coach, because there have been a lot more commitments. that I think it's like two or three times the normal number of commitments during this coronavirus quarantine. Um 
you know, we're seeing a lot of that. The, the reporters from 24-7 Sports are kind of commenting how many kids are committed now versus a year ago. It always just, the gap keeps getting wider, but there could be a lot of decommitments too. And like you said, will USC be able to keep everyone if they don't have a good season? I love that you focused on those three games because those are the ones that are the most important to me. Um, if USC goes nine and three and loses to Alabama, Notre Dame, and Oregon, that's not a successful season. And I agree. I think you got to win two out of those three to, to really be successful. I do too, because that's, this is what kids want today. They want to go where the, where the show is going on and the stadiums are full and the rankings and you're on national TV and you're getting uh, you know, great pub and you're playing against great players. And you're going to the playoff, you're going to the Rose bowl or whatever it is. And uh, you've got to be able to win. Winning is the answer. Winning is the answer. And right now, kids are excited about the recruiting that's going on at USC. And, you know, there's some other great players, too, that'll commit. You and I can talk about who they are. And once they commit, that just draws more talent. So I think that's going to happen. But you got to win, and you got to be able to sign them. You know, you can entertain them now and give them all the love you want. But until they sign... They're really not a Trojan. So I think it's really important on how the season goes. Yeah, I agree with you there, Coach. Uh, We're going to get to some questions. Going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back and uh, get to your questions. All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. Since we were talking uh, about recruiting. We have a question from Don. He says, SC is cur- uh, certainly on the ups- upswing uh, with recruiting, but what record do you think is needed to deliver this fifth ranked class or you know fourth ranked class now? Uh, he said, sorry to see JT go. Uh, who do you think will be the first to play in a playoff game, JT or Keaton Slovis? So you kind of talked about the first part of the question, Coach, already. You feel like they need to win two out of three, but does that also include like pretty much winning the rest of those games and, you know, going, uh, you know, 11 and one or 10 and two. Absolutely. It's gotta be 11 to one or 10 to two to have a great recruiting class. And yes, uh, uh they, if certainly they're going to want to go to the playoffs, everybody does want to go to the playoff playoffs, especially it's in the Rose bowl this year, which would be a great trip for them. I don't know what the attendance is or how many people will attend the game or if they even allow it. But the game will be played in the Rose Bowl, which would be absolutely fantastic. But then again, they've got to win the Pac-12 South first. They've got to win the Pac-12 uh, totally when they play in Las Vegas. They've got to win all those games. They've got to be minimum. Minimum this year, I would say he has to be a minimum of 10-2. and two. Really, I don't think, uh, like you mentioned earlier, 9-3 and three is a satisfactory record. Uh, they're on, they've got a lot of momentum going. If they were able to pull off 11-1, and one, that would be unbelievable. Because that means they they beat Oregon or they beat Notre they beat Notre Dame and they beat Stanford and and maybe Alabama you don't know who it is but you got to be able to be up there and play with the big boys so I think it's very important and remember uh, they've got a lot of returners back I think they have 17 starters back USC guys that have been you know in the in the in the gunfire guys that have been out there that know what's going on. Guys have been through a losing season, which they don't like the feeling. Guys are optimistic. Guys want to win. You've got an optimistic defensive staff. So, you know, I think uh, USC will go into the season with a lot of momentum. And probably they'll have a great recruiting class verbally as far as going into the season. So everything's a plus for them. All they have to do is produce. 
if they can produce, then it'll pay off. But they're going to have to produce, and uh, they're going to have a lot of pressure on them, especially the opening game. Because yeah. Alabama's not too happy about their season. So we'll see how they play and how they do. And basically, that's a home game, I would say, for Alabama. Because they'll have most of the people there. I don't, again, we don't know what the crowd's going to be like. But again, now, this is a very important, this is a statement game for USC. Can they play with Alabama? Can they play with Ohio State? Can they play with Iowa? Every time they played them recently, they, they've made a statement that they can't. So the Alabama game is a statement game for them. It's got, they've got to be able to prove they can play with those type of teams, national powers. Yeah. The other part of his question, Coach, uh, do you think uh, who's going to play in a playoff game first, JT or Slovis? Uh, Interesting. Gee, that huh? put the pressure on me. Well, I, I would uh, say it, it depends too, because I would. If I you would say to... I would say I would say Slovis. I really would. Okay. I would say Slovis because I tell you, Georgia's got a lot of tough competition down there, man. I'm telling you. I mean, to win the Southeastern Conference, first of all, just to win the conference and win the championship game, you got to beat some great teams. Okay. So we'll see what happens there. I would say I would say Keaton does. I, I really do because if they continue recruiting and they win. 10 games, 11 games, and get another great class in here, they'll be loaded. They'll be ready to go. They should be able to play with anybody. And that's what everybody expects them to play with any, anybody when they did with Pete Carroll. So uh, I would, I would, you know, I'm not going to bet on anything, but I would pick it that way if I had to make a decision now. Yeah. The, uh, I would say it would depend on, because I think Georgia's set up to go to playoff before USC. But Keaton Slovis is going to be your starter. And if they get to the playoff, it's it's because Slovis is is running the show. Georgia could go to the playoff, and JT's not the quarterback. So is it just if he's on the roster? Like, you also have to play out. He's got to win the job and then take them to the playoff. So that might be a little tougher. Absolutely, it will be. Absolutely. It's not easy to go to the playoffs, first of all. But I think going to the playoffs through the Pac-12 is a little bit easier, a little easier than going to the playoffs through – uh, the Southeastern Conference. Yeah, you've got to be good and you got to be lucky, and I think that you have more stiff tests in the Southeastern Conference than you do in the Pac-12. Not that the Pac-12 isn't playing good football, but you don't have one of those every week. Right, that's true. Uh, we had a question from this is Big Jim Trojan. Uh, he's on twenty four seven Sports. Thanks for doing that, Jim. Uh, hope you, your team, and your loved ones are doing well. I wanted to ask about the role of tight ends in the USC offense. I know that this question may be difficult to fully answer until you can view more than one practice with Graham's use of uh, personnel in the offense. But I wanted to ask, how do you see the tight ends being used in their role this year? Or more importantly, what will be their role? Drake London was used mostly as a big wide receiver who rarely entered the role of a pass or run blocker. We do have a hopefully 100% healthy Daniel Amatorbebe back this season. Does this change the way Graham schemes and uses the tight end position? I think we have far too much talent with Daniel Drake, Josh Follow, and and Yari not to make a featured them a featured aspect. Best regards from well, I, Big Jim Church. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, that, yeah. I'm going to tell you that's a heck of a question because they've got about seven tight ends, and and I'll tell you they haven't demonstrated in the past, not just last year, but the last several years, using their tight ends whatsoever. And with all the great receivers they have, who are they going to play, not play? I don't know who they're not going to play. 
Are they going to sit down one of the great receivers or and play a tight end, or are they going to go to more of a tight end type of offense where you have a tight end that you can utilize in the offense for blocking purposes and also for route purposes? So I think it's more or less a philosophy in what he's going to do because, uh, you know, yes, it's good to put big receivers out there like tight ends in the slot and split them out and do different things, but you got guys that can do that. you got guys that can run faster. So you've got to decide, are you going to put these guys and use them as blockers, or are you going to uh, have them just stand around and occasionally go in the game? So it's a philosophy type of thing, I think, of what they're going to do and how they plan on running their offense. And uh, I'm anxiously waiting to see, because they've talked about they're going to utilize their tight end, they got a new tight end coach and all this and all of that. But I want to see it before I talk about it, because I don't know if they will. Uh, I hope they do especially in goal line, short yardage type of situations and different type of jumbo sets, which are goal line type of things. I hope they go into center more. I hope they do a lot of that type of stuff. But I got to see it first before I can say how they're going to utilize the tight end. But right now I don't believe they can or they don't, they don't plan on it, but they keep recruiting them. I don't know. They're recruiting a great one now. We're out of Arizona or Texas somewhere too. Yeah, Texas for this last one. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for that. We're, we're curious to see. I wouldn't look at uh, Drake London as a tight end, though. Um, he's going to be a receiver. He'll be one of the, the top three receivers probably for USC this year. We'll see if that ends up happening because you still got Brew McCoy. You got Kyle Ford that weren't around last year or weren't playing last year, and they're going to be part of it. I, I think you're going to see a lot of three wide receiver, one tight end, uh, one running back sets, but you know we'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, last one for you, Coach. We have a voicemail. I will play it. Get your thoughts. Well, this is uh, Ron up here in the Bay Area, uh, long-time SC football fan. Um, I'm pleased with the recruiting results so far, but uh, what my question is, how much of an impact does this mean the new additions to the staff you feel going to have on player development going forward since this seems to be a, a huge issue in the, the lack of recruiting you've had in the last year or so. Uh, do you feel that this new group of coaches is just as capable in player development as they are in recruiting? Thank you. Well, I certainly hope so, uh, because you, uh, you're only as good as your players and how they develop and if they'll play hard for you and so on. And on the defensive side of the football, I definitely think that the, that they will develop more than what they've developed in the past because uh, you haven't seen much development. So I really think that uh, they'll have better schemes. I think they'll play harder. I think they'll be lined up and have better coverages and get lined up correctly and have better contain and all the different things, penetration and flatten out to the football. Uh, I think there'll be a better complete defense. And they'll get the right players on the field. I really believe that. I think special teams will be better. And uh, I look at the offensive side of the football. And the number one area on the offensive side of the football I continually talk about is the offensive line. I want to see some development there. I want to see some guys really uh, be tough guys, okay? I think the defensive guys, because of the philosophy of the defensive coaches, they'll be tough, but they won't be in the game. Those guys aren't going to play somebody that's soft. So on the offensive side, I think they need to show a little bit more toughness on the offensive side to develop the offensive linemen and, and the tight ends demand blocking out of them and the receivers get their full uh, 
uh, Billy out of them as not only receivers, but great blockers and great team guys. And then, of course, the offensive backs. They've got to be able to develop and stay healthy and be a type of back that you want in the game and be all-purpose type of back and pass block as well as run the football and and don't miss blocks on stunts and so on. Be squared up and get done what you have to do. So, you know, uh, I think on the defensive side of the football, I think they'll be more aggressive and more sound and tough because that's the philosophy of the defensive guys. That's their personality. Now, on the offensive side, that I don't know who has that personality. But, I mean, you got to have a personality that your players play up to. So uh, I'd like to see it show up, but I haven't seen it show up. So I'm waiting to see what happens on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, we have to wait and see. Uh, but, yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. I think upgrade to the staff for sure we see on the recruiting front. I think it's going to be on the coaching front as well, um, but we'll just have to kind of wait and see. We only got to see one spring practice, unfortunately, but then, uh, you know, when we get some announcement where things are coming back, we'll uh, be able to hopefully watch some more and then, you know, roll right into the 2020 season as planned. Maybe not quite as planned, but we will have football in the fall, which is what we're, we, we're the most important thing. Um, coach, any other thing you wanted to get off your chest? We didn't, we'd have a ton of questions this week, but we had some uh, interesting news to talk about. No, I just enjoy talking with you, Ryan, and all of our people out there. And uh, if you have questions, please uh, send them in, and we'll be happy to give you our opinion uh, as we go along. And uh, we'll hope that everything works out for you and you're safe out there so that we can have a great football season and school can come back and we can get back to our normal selves again. Uh, but we got to follow the rules and regulations, which I hope everyone does. And, uh, We'll get back and uh, have a great year, a great fall. And man, I don't know what it'd be like without having football. I really don't. I've been a, football's been a part of my life for so long that uh, shoot, just the thinking, just thinking about not having it around, I don't know what I'd do. So, you guys enjoy yourself. Be safe out there, and we'll talk to you next week. And thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Everyone else, thank you so much for tuning in to the Peristyle Podcast. If you have an opportunity, you got an Apple device and you go to your apple podcasting app please leave us a, a five-star rating a positive review really does help the show we do appreciate that very very much thanks to the coach thanks to all of you for listening and we will talk to you next time you've been listening to the peristyle podcast presented by uscfootball.com be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on trojan football and recruiting Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 